Welcome to the Institute's Leading Edge, a show dedicated to helping the automotive aftermarket service industry. Covering topics suggested by you, the listener, we dive into what's important, getting you what you need to succeed. Here's what's coming up. The customer's overall concern is their their overall experience at the shop. Can they can they come in? Can they describe their issues? I mean, they, they, may, they may be coming in for something small, state inspection, tire rotation, what have you. But it seems to me the customers really want to know that they can count on you to go a little bit further. Can you also, hey, address this power seat that doesn't work sometimes? You know, the dealer was always giving me a loaner car. Do you guys have a loaner car? It seems like people are generally looking to build a relationship. We're not doing a whole lot of Uber anymore. We're doing a lot of even one-person pickups where we leave our loaner car in the driveway. And should that job turn into something more, then we'll send a loaner agreement over, they can sign it, and then they can take the car. If not, we just drop their car off and bring our car back. We need your help. By submitting questions or topics to institute at ifrave.com, we can continue to cover things that are relevant to you. But for now, we've collected a panel of experts to get you serious results. So what are we waiting for? Let's get into it. Good morning. For those of you on the East Coast, good afternoon. I'm Cecil Bullard, and this is... The Leading Edge, episode number 50. And today we're going to be talking about kind of changes in the face of uh, COVID, coronavirus, what the new normal might be, or what we think the new normal might be. And uh, with us today, we have uh, Ben Duncan. Ben, how are you doing? Good, thank you. Um, where, where exactly is your shop and what's the name of it? Sure, we're, uh, we're in southern New Hampshire maybe 45 minutes north of Boston. Name of the shop is Duncan's European Automotive. Okay. So you're a uh, you're, you're European shop. Yep. Okay. And uh, well, we have uh, Kent Bullard from the Institute. Um, Kent, wh- wh- why do you think you're qualified to be on this? Um, well, partly because we've been doing a a lot of research on what we believe the industry needs at this point to kind of make up for what's been going on. So I really want to talk about what education might look like in our industry. Okay. Moving forward. Okay. And uh, so um, Ben, tell me how, how um, the pandemic has affected things in your business and around your neck of the woods. Sure. I think overall, you know, we saw a lot less um, waiters for one, which is good. People are less apt to want to pop in for something quick. Um, they're, they're happy to leave the car. But I think what I've noticed most is a lot of the little things that we've been trying to put into place, like picking up cars, delivery, drop off, loaner cars, text, um, you know, contactless pickup, all those little pieces that we've been trying to do in the past really this solidified it. And that's kind of become our new normal. Almost all of our communication is done via text. And um, it's just really made people happy to leave their car for a while, but they did, people don't want to pop in for anything quick. You know, it's just, it's changed that aspect of it, I suppose. It's interesting in, in our business, we've been trying, trying, and I'll say trying to do like online training webinars and things with very little, um, support you know so we'll do a class and and we'll get 13 people on um when this started the online training became much more important to the shops and we've had you know we've had as many as uh, 700 people on a an online training 
since then. And I think that's for us tells us that it's important that we get, um, you know, that we, that we can move ahead. So, um, can, can you uh, send Seth a link to the meeting for me, please? Sure. Thank you. Um, the, the, I think that the, the whole world has changed at least a bit and that our world has, has changed. Do you, do you foresee carrying, uh, Ben, do you foresee carrying that forward where you're, you, literally, you're just not scheduling people where they're going to come in and drop off their car. You're, you're doing mostly pickup and delivery, mostly, you know, um, uh, scheduled appointments and and very little hands-on contact with the customer. I think so. I think this is going to be the newer normal for a good long time. And it's actually a lot better. You know, we have more control over what we can do with a car and how much time we have the car. Um, uh-huh. Again, having you know seven loaner cars helps a lot because now we can schedule those out, having people in them. You know, it's we don't have to rely so much on the loaner cars and that whole system being there for emergencies. We can use it for proactive, you know, maintenance and repairs. So, I think I think going forward, this will be the normal. You know, okay. It, it's just easier on the shop in general too. You know, it's, we don't have such that rush to four or five waiters in the morning and somebody needs their car by four. It's, you know, people are happy to leave their car for a while and that's kind of what the world is now. So I think people understand that. Okay. I think it's, I think it's taken, taken people back to, to look at what's necessary, what's unnecessary. Right. They don't want to, they don't need to, to, you know, going to do a quick service they don't need to sit and wait at, at your shop they can drop it off and they know they'll get taken care of yeah i mean this this whole thing has really slowed people down a lot too which is good you know you, you're starting to see people slow their life down a lot which i think we can all agree makes things a bit easier for us easier to manage less chaos even though it seems yeah that's kind of funny it seems chaotic right now but because everything got slowed down there's a lot of things that we've been like well we don't we don't need to do that anymore we can yeah. just do this and it's good enough or even better, you know? Yep. I don't know. I think that's an interesting thought. I don't, I don't think we've in this company, we've ever thought that's good enough. I think we've always thought what's the best way that we can do this. And I think prior to the, the pandemic, uh, the best way that we could do it was to put on a class and have people show up. And now that's kind of um, shifted. Uh, I foresee a lot less travel in my in my future and a lot more online uh, uh, content uh, and uh, live um, trainings and live classes, which is what we started to do. Uh, interestingly enough, we in um, January threw out our old learning management system and, and threw on a new learning management system, which um, uh, will make a shift. Um, and so we were, in a way, ready because we were moving forward already with the new stuff. Um, uh, ben, what 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 did you specifically? What have you changed about your your customer interaction? I think we we know that, but let's just clarify it. And then, what about marketing? Have you changed the way that you're marketing to your uh, uh, potential customers? So first, the the one, and then the other. Yeah. So like everybody else, when this first blew through, we, 
you know, second week of March, we sent out an email doing contactless pickup and all the usual stuff everybody else was doing. But after that, I, I really tried to limit it so that we weren't hitting people every day about something about COVID because okay. I think everybody was getting sick of it. But, um, you know, the texting back and forth has really become the new normal for us as far as how everything is done. It seems like, you know, um, invoicing pictures, videos, all that right through the text, right through the SMS system. So, um, and the, the pickup drop-off stuff is, I think like a lot of shops, you know, we have an, we have an outside place to put your keys. We have a system of wiping everything down. And I think as this transitions, probably like the wiping keys down, wiping all that stuff down will probably fade away to some extent, but people really seem to like the option of being able to just kind of drop their stuff outside, communicate without being face-to-face and get back on their way after. Um, What if we told you that you could get quality training and education conveniently and without emptying your pockets? Our gear platform presents great education and resources for automotive shops, courses led by experts inside and outside our industry, a community of like-minded people to engage with, and a resource library at your fingertips. With a monthly membership, you can gain access to every course we have in the library, as well as the multiple courses we add each and every month. With the ability to watch wherever and whenever you'd like, gear provides the training you've been looking for at only $129 a month. For help with improving your business, head to ifrave.com and click on the courses we teach to sign up for a better business and a better life today. I mean, I'm sorry, what, what was the other part of the question, Cecil? I, I was, um, you know, um, talking about um, uh, in your marketing, what, what, what have you done in your marketing? Yeah, so in marketing, the only thing I really changed was I started sending out um, like a big email blast to all the clients, um, just basically updating people where we're at, what we can do to help. Um, and trying again to not talk endlessly about like being safe and clean and all that. We touched on it. That was good. Um, so that's one thing I've changed. I had never really done in the past, um, send out any sort of personal email uh, directly from me, you know, so that's something we're doing. And, um, other than that, we haven't done much else. We ramped up our AdWords stuff a little bit with our SEO guy, which has been working well. Okay. We're not we're not doing drop cards right now because I think that might be an issue for some people. Yeah, right. I did contemplate putting uh, stapling a little wipes on the drop cards, but decided that was probably more work than it was worth. I, I went to I went through the airport um, at Clear. I have Clear, which is in a lot of the airports, so you can go through. And they gave me a little spray san- hand sanitizer thing, which was kind of cool because now I have that in my bag. Um, uh, and I kind of carry that with me, um, when I'm going, you know, the airport, which we'll be doing today for the second time, since this whole thing, uh, broke out, um, uh, find that, yeah, that kind of thing. that's gotta be a big change for you too. I would assume. Uh, it's, it's huge. Um, yeah. you know, just even the, the, the fact that normally I will take three to five trips in a week and I have not. I've only been in one airplane in the last three months. So, uh, well, two, if you count the trip back, but I've only had two trips. So that for, for me has changed dramatically. And I'm not sure I like it, frankly. Um, not that I enjoy the travel, but I think that I like going to shops and seeing what's going on at the shop and, and you know, kind of more a hands-on 
uh, uh, thing. What I've done now is I have three to five meetings almost every day with different clients or different people that have come on and said, you know, hey, I need some help. Uh, Ken, what what has changed in uh, in the institute? Uh, one, it, it it allowed us to step back. We we had already been developing an online, you know, learning platform. We now have it gear, and we were ready to go when all this kind of hit. But um, something that we've been really paying attention to, and and a lot of people, online training is now accessible like anywhere from everyone, and that's that's a good thing and a bad thing. Uh, the good thing about it is that it's accessible. It's convenient. You can take it when you want. You can take only what you really want to get and 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 have it be very valuable to you because it's what you want. However, now you have this issue with um, how many there are. You have to choose. You have to sift through. You have to figure out what is viable, what isn't viable. You have to figure out what's valuable. And I think that's going to be a big detriment in finding good educational content for technicians, for business owners, for service advisors. And so that's something that we've been kind of paying attention to is how do we, um, one, how do we get above all of that and say, hey, no, you know, we, we're valuable over everything else. But two, how do we kind of guide our clients and shops to what they actually need rather than just what's available, if that, if that makes any sense? That's a great point that Ken has. I mean, there's so much online stuff right now that it's overwhelming. Um, you know, a few months ago, Cecil, as you know, like there was a few classes, a few big get-togethers that you could pick and choose from. But now it's like everybody has something online. And um, I think it's going to be a real challenge for us going forward, figuring out how to set yourself apart from everybody else doing the same thing, you know? I agree 100%. I think that's one of the one of the stranger things is this idea now that there's so much there, it's hard to pick and choose and get what's what's good and what's not good. Let's welcome uh, Seth. Seth, we cannot see you. You need to start your video, nor can I hear you at this point in time. Um, but we're glad to have you on the conversation if we get you on the conversation. <laughs> um. So, um, what 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 are you using for texting, Ben? Uh, we use Google Voice for texting. It works really well. It's easy. It's free. Um, on top of that, we use Shopware for like the in ticket communication side of things. But uh, Google Voice has been fantastic for this. You know, you can send emojis. You can send video. Uh, people really like it. So, okay. Looks like we got the uh, Seth's video. We got we can see him, just can't quite hear him yet. So, and then I'm going to mute him the minute he, we can. <laughs> hey Seth, <clears throat> see you, brother. Um, all right, we're gonna we're gonna continue with the conversation. Um, I, I really would like to get uh, you going there, Seth, so we can talk to you about what you've done in your shop uh, specifically. Um. What do you think, uh, uh, Ben? We'll we'll go back to you until we get Seth where we can hear him. Um, what do you think the the most transformative thing you've done for your customers is? I would say developing the suite of being able to communicate and deal and pay with invoices completely, you know, remotely. I guess so, meaning that we can have an open conversation, video, uh, all about your car while you're not here. Uh, 
again, like I was saying, it's it's one of those things I feel like we were kind of working on before, but it was so easy to just tell the person to come down or stop in. This made it so that it wasn't an option any longer. And it meant that we really had to figure out how to do that. Um, so I think for I think, us, that that's the thing that's going to stick and go forward. And that's been just game-changing for us. I, I feel like the industry as a whole was really reluctant in taking on this these new technologies in. And uh, this kind of forced their hand. And they're saying, oh, yeah, no, this is actually beneficial. You know, yep. you can literally bring the customer straight in with, with the conversation with your text. You can even process your payments through text with some of the, the systems that are out there. So you can do the entire, the entire transaction off of a text message. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I wonder, you know, as, as talking to somebody else about this, I wonder how much of that is, is dependent on where you are in the country. You know, like where, where we are, it's near Boston. Everybody's busy. Nobody point. has time. Yeah. So most of our clients are kind of younger folks and they know how to do this stuff. Is it different in like Arkansas, Iowa, you know? I don't know. I don't have any from Arkansas or Iowa. We just have <laughs> someone from Minnesota if we can, if we can hear him. Yeah, I think I got on here. I don't know what happened. Kind of weird. Gotcha. Um, <clears throat> Seth, what do you think is the most transformative thing that, that you've done in the lieu of the pandemic for your shop or your customers? Our, our biggest thing probably has been the pickup and delivery. Um, customers absolutely love it. And it's probably something that I'm going to have a hard time dropping from a customer service standpoint that they just love it way too much. So I'm kind of committed to that um, at this point, whether I like it or not. Um, but it's been freeing up loaner cars. And if people keep doing the concierge service, they prefer that, then, you know, I may be able to drop some loaner cars and I, you know, for what I spend on my loaner cars, I can probably hire somebody to run around. Interesting. Yeah, I had a similar thought too on that, uh, you know, doing the math doesn't make sense to use Uber versus, you know, leasing a couple of cars. If people prefer pick up a drop off, I don't know. I think it's, um, you know, I, I don't know, frankly, I think Uber, uh, again, there's a risk there. If I'm, if I'm nervous about the pandemic and the virus, then Uber to me is a little bit risky. Um, I personally don't have any problem with it cause I'm not too concerned, but if I have someone that's concerned, Uber might be risky for them. Pick up and drop off is probably the way to go. Or I think with a, a loaner, it's a big convenience thing. You're still allowing your customer to have a lot of the freedom there because they, they can do whatever they need to, whereas Uber is a little restrictive. Yeah, Uber right now, I, my customers are like, no way. Like we did, yeah. we, we yeah. were spending eight nine $900 a month in Uber rides. And now our customers are like, no, we don't want, we, we don't want to get in that car. Um, so we're, we're not doing a whole lot of Uber anymore. We're doing a lot of even one person pickups where we leave our loaner car in the driveway. And should that job turn into something more, then we'll send a loaner agreement over. They can sign it and then they can take the car. If not, we just drop their car off and bring our car back. And you're doing the loaner agreement digitally, right? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. We use, uh, we nice. use, uh, we use Adobe eSign. It's $14.99 a month. We can send the document over. You sign it. Gives me an IP trace, time, sign, everything, and a digital signature on it. So I, I think it's amazing. You know, years and years and years ago, um, 15 years ago or so, you know, would, would people have used um, even email without going into the shop? And now you really have a, a population. And I don't... You know, I don't think it's much different for the older people. I mean, you know, how does grandma and grandpa, how do they keep up with their grandkids? I mean, heck, they're on their phone. I, I, I see 
I see old, you know, blue haired people, um, got their phone out. They're, they're texting, they're, they're communicating who, you know, they're on Facebook. They're, they're, um, I think our world has changed. And I think that this, this, the pandemic is kind of just kind of kicked that into hyperspeed, uh, for everybody. Um, and, and maybe there's some really older people that, that are having a struggle with it, but, you know, I think pushing into 80, most people are, are using their, their phones for whatever, which, which would then also lead us when we talk about marketing, is there something, you know, different in the marketing aspect of this? Um, because now they're more, uh, you know, social media, et cetera. Um, uh, uh, Seth, sorry, brain damage. Um, did have you changed your marketing dramatically? We, we have a little bit. Um, we moved to some more geo-targeting. Um, we went to some billboards and target the billboards as we as people drive around them, getting the cars that are on the road with more visibility, um, especially as the car count dropped. I got some crazy deals on, on running some big billboards. We ran like 15 around town digitally. Um, but overall, we haven't changed it a lot. We've switched up um, lately with some of the social media stuff and how serious Facebook and stuff has gone with uh, discussions with all the political things that are going on and the riots and things going on. We've switched up our media to be a little more lighthearted. Um, today's post is is going crazy because we talked about needing filters. And I said, I don't understand technology. And I said, did this filter make me look good and held up a air filter and took a picture and it's going nuts on our social media lately as of today you anything know. that anything that would block your face from the camera would probably make you look good buddy exactly yeah yeah somebody yeah. asked me if i hold up a cabin filter if that uh if that counts as vacation because <laughs> <laughs> you're at the cabin i get it um and you i every friday when seth is on our meeting he's headed up to the cabin so i that's the that's the inside joke there um, Ken, what if, what what if, what at the institute have you changed um, that has been a part of this? As, as far as marketing, or yeah. So with our marketing, and I, you know what we've done, but I'll I'll go into it. Um, we've actually tried to illustrate more so the transformation that customers would get working with us. So what is their what what will happen if they do take this because. If you're looking at a lot of the online training that's out there, it's very informative. We do these things. We cover these things. We cover these topics. Whereas um, now we're shifting into a perspective of, hey, if you take this course, you're going to be able to do this. This is the transformation that you'll receive from taking this course so that there's more of a, um, a perception change there. Because you can go and you can Google information. Now it's really people are looking for what is it going to do for me? And that's kind of a good way to, to sift through some of this is, is asking yourself, well, what will this do for me uh, in taking this training, this lesson, this education, whatever. So we've changed, we've changed our messaging towards that. Do you think that the, we've been working with um, Donald Miller, which is uh, story branding and uh, Frank Kern, which is kind of online um, marketing. We've been working with those two companies. Do you think that the transformative stuff that we're doing uh, works for automotive shops when they're talking to their customers? Um, yeah, I would say so. 
right? <clears throat> so you can tell you can tell people you do you do an oil service and you do a you know you go through the list, but really what you're wanting to do, and this is stuff we teach in our sales classes, we're we're trying to we're trying to present the benefit um, and the value for that service. So you know, doing this will get you this. You know, uh, having a loaner car provides you the freedom to go wherever you need to go without having to worry about being stuck on the side of the road or or waiting for us to finish with your vehicle. So that's a transformative statement rather than, hey, we have loaner cars for you. I think I think this is a a, a really a, a key for um, almost any business. Um, you know, if I'm if I'm looking for a product, uh, recently a, a plumber um, specifically to work on the sprinkler systems outside, um, and I don't have recommendations, I'm googling that. Um, when that comes up, I'm going to search, uh, I'm going to talk to two or three of those people. Um, but it's kind of the more transformative, what can they do for me besides fix my sprinklers? I, I assume that if you're in there and you're a sprinkler guy, you can fix sprinklers. But, you know, what, what else are you giving to me? I would say in automotive service and repair, it's not about automotive service and repair. Um, ben, do you find that your customers are more concerned with uh, whether or not you're going to change their oil or more concerned with how the day's going to go or, you know, what else is there for them? Yeah, I think the, the customer's overall concern is their, their overall experience at the shop. Can they, can they come in? Can they describe their issues? I mean, they, they, make, they may be coming in for something small, state inspection, tire rotation, what have you. But it seems to me that customers really want to know that they can count on you to go a little bit further. Can you also, hey, address this power seat that doesn't work sometimes? You know, the dealer was always giving me a loaner car. Do you guys have a loaner car? Like, it seems like people are generally looking to build a relationship now, more so maybe than six, seven months ago. Um, Everybody's lonely. <laughs> it's lonely. And that's that's a real thing. Like, people are, you know, people are looking to also spend money as a ther- like a retail therapy. You know, there's some side of that too. Yeah, it seems like uh, that's a uh, that's a comment on our society today, probably. Um, but I I'm I'm part of it. You know, oh, I think we all are. It's, yeah, Seth, do you do you think that the that the the customer is more concerned with you fixing their car or other stuff? They're more concerned with the overall experience. I I think it's they assume yeah. and everybody markets that they can fix their car. The customer gets bombarded with everybody has state-of-the-art equipment. And and we all know that's not true, that everybody can't actually fix the car, but they assume that. Um, So where really comes the difference is showing them that we can fix it, number one. Number two, that we're transparent, we're open. You know, we get a lot of comments about just our overall process and how professional our front is and how good our technical in the back is in fact we just got four google reviews talking about how professional our front end is and then how technical our back end is and how it all ties together um some of that's our digital inspection now and and we've started adding videos and things to it because people aren't coming in so some of our videos are personalizing the service to them without them coming into the shop so you're you're are you talking like the dvi are you talking about going a step further so we have implemented this and it's just started this week that we filmed short bios of our technicians. It's meet your technician. And that's on the 
initial inspection that goes out to the customer on line one where they have a short intro of the video or uh, and that's been really popular. We're doing that's some brilliant. other little video things of, you know, just meet your tech and it, the tech doesn't film it every time because not, or, not every one of our technicians is sometimes the most personable. So there's often three, four takes of this and it's just one thing. The service writer dumps on the inspection. Um, but people have really liked getting to know the technician. That's I a good point, Seth. Go Sorry, ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah. So we, um, my wife Celeste actually had this great idea a while ago that when we do a big job, the technician would kind of come out and talk to the the um, customer about it. And you know, we were doing that for a while before this came through, and it it had a huge impact with folks. Um, I think, like most of our world, we want to have a personal connection with whatever we're doing business with, and people generally appreciate that. So I think being able to do the meet the tech um, in a little video before they get their DVI is brilliant. That's that's something we could all take to put in place. This is, this is the guy who touched your car. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, and we're finding there's a little bit more personal ownership from the technic technicians side because now the customer They're knows them. They're yeah. hiding behind out there, right? Not mine. It's theirs. So, mm -hmm. yeah. um, I, I, again, I think that's brilliant. Um, I'm not telling you, Seth, I'm telling Ben, cause your head gets any bigger. You won't fit in the screen. Um, but, yeah, I think little things like that seem to really make a difference and they seem to really matter. And then with the changes that Google has been making with video and 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 pictures picking up um, on, on that, uh, I think that's hugely beneficial to my SEO, to my ranking, uh, and whether or not to, I'm coming up on local search. Something to keep in mind with your videos and such, if you're doing marketing videos, is... Um, and, and maybe not so marketing, but maybe on your website is telling them exactly what the experience is going to be if they do come in. Like a step-by-step, -step, you'll do this, you'll do this, you'll do this, so that they're familiar with the process. And the more familiar they are with the process, the easier it is to kind of convert them because they're, they're used to it now. So I think that's brilliant. You add that in with the technicians and getting them familiarized, and you can do all of that through like a text message. You know? I, like, I like hosting our videos on uh, Vimo because it gives me statistics. And our yeah. bounce our bounce rate on any video over a minute is pretty high. So I, mine are short, very short. Yeah, ours are primarily short. Um, although I I have a hard time keeping things to a minimum, as most people know uh, that know me. Um, what what other things have you done and changed in your business? that maybe aren't pickup and delivery or whatever um, uh, in, in because of the pandemic. I think on the financial side of things, we all, everybody was shocked when this came through and it, it really made a lot of us realize that what maybe we had in savings that we thought was pretty good might not have been enough. Um, and I think that I saw it across the board of shops that I talked to that there was a lot of belt tightening and, you know, careful spending. And I think that that probably is going to stick for a while, um, especially if you know people talk about this coming back through in the fall. Um, yeah. Do you think? Which, which honestly is probably a good thing. It's know. a great thing. Yeah, we've all it, we all talk about using cheap money, which is good, fine. Obviously, it makes sense, but it's also important to have you know money saved up and the availability <laughs> to use that. Do you think they'll listen to their consultant and put three months of operating capital away? Yeah, absolutely. Of course. Moving forward in the future. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that, 
no doubt in case something like this happens again, they'll be better prepared. Yeah. Uh, Until seven years from now, then we'll all forget. I think, I think that paired with, you know, uh, the fact that a lot of people aren't going to be buying new cars anymore right. is going to help the industry as a whole. We're going to, we're going to be a little more financially stable over the next five, seven years from this. Well, coming into this before it happened, there was a, um, a slated increase according to the statistical data I believe of uh, like 12% in European cars, 8% in Japanese cars. And the only cars that there wasn't going to be an increase in uh, in the independent market were American cars, um, which was going to be a slight decrease. Now, uh, when you look at the, the data, they're talking about an 18% increase uh, in European and as much as a 12 or 13% increase in the rest, including the American cars. So I think that um, unless they come up with a cash for clunkers or unless um, the dealers literally give the cars away, which they're almost doing now. They're, they're um, basically doing that right now. Uh, the <clears throat> the consumer is not going to be buying another car for a few years because of what's happened here and the economic impact on everyone. Uh, well, I think I- it's going to shock people. I don't think there's a cash for clunkers coming. I know that's the rumor everybody hears. But no, no, no. I think it got beat up. I think. Well, it the other the other thing I heard from talking to people I know in in Dearborn that when the shutdown happened, they shut production down. So unlike the last time a recession hit, they don't have a glutton of extra inventory. Right. So they don't have a lot to push out. They don't have a glutton of inventory sitting there dead. Which is interesting, right? I mean, even that, they're not selling cars. I mean, I, I, I don't know what the stat is, but to me, it looks like they haven't done anything in three months. Um, you know, how many, I mean, Seth, you have lots of loaner cars. You literally, have you thought, oh, let me go get a couple more loaner cars right now because they're super cheap or? Actually, they're not. Um, I, I called in and I extended my leases due to COVID. You can extend your leases for six months on my loaners because they have no deals. Like they're higher priced than they've ever been. There is no deals going on at the dealers right now from what I'm seeing. So I can't, I'm not going to buy a car because they're not giving anything away. They, they go, we don't have enough inventory. So the demand's higher than the cars right now. Um, So they don't, they're not selling cars or, I mean, they're not giving anything away. They don't have a glut. Um, so no, I, I extended my lease of six months and hope they have better incentives in six more months. There's a ton of different advisor training options in the industry, making the choice that much harder to make. Some shove too much into too little of a time frame. They can be inconvenient and costly, or they're just filled with unhelpful, non-applicable information. So how are you supposed to create confident and capable service advisors? The Advisor Mastery Program from the Institute is the industry's leading service advisor training, now almost entirely online. With one-on-one coaching, KPI tracking, live community trainings, a resource library, and more, there's no wonder why advisors who finish the program have seen their efforts rewarded with more confidence, higher arrows, and better sales. If you're ready to stop settling for mediocre and start ruling the counter, join the Advisor Mastery Program today. Head to ifrave.com and register now. We'll see you in class. I I, I think it's going to be longer than that. I think we're looking at two to three years before the dealerships, even if this COVID thing goes away. Let's say we have a vaccine in November, January. Um, I still think that the dealerships are not going to catch up for a very long time. The manufacturers could be several years before they catch up. Um, 
Have you guys done any marketing around that very fact? You know, you're going to be keeping your car longer, most likely, you know, now's a good time to take care of it. No, not directly on that. Um, but one thing a bit related to that is that kind of going back on what Seth was talking about, it seems like with the dealers doing such funny business when this was coming through, it drove a lot of clients into the independent shops. Um, and I think much like they are with their inventory of cars for sale, they're the same with their their service. Their prices have kind of gotten out of hand or clients couldn't actually even get in there for anything. Um, and that's that's a good time for us, you know, and it's still a good time for us independents. So um, the dealers by us are just, they're strange. They're doing strange, funny business, you know, so. Yeah, and, and by funny, when you explain that so that we have. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. So, you know, we've seen the BMW dealer offering price matching and, or uh, right when a customer starts complaining about it, you know, and I think that that instantly turns a customer off because they're like, hey, if, you know, you're going to do this oil pan for 2,200 bucks, but now you're willing to do it for 1,500 bucks. Like, what are you, what are you not doing? What's missing? What's happening? You know, and those have been words that we've heard from clients. So um, it's, just, I don't know, maybe it's, maybe people are seeing through some of their BS. From the consulting end, I, I, I always tell clients that you give your customer the best price right up front and, and you don't come down from that because if you do, it means you didn't give them the best price right up front. Um, Seth, do you, do, do you, um, have you seen that from the dealers, the funny business? We're not in our area. Um, they they've rehired most of their guys and, and they're still pretty busy, but our dealers are, are bigger out here because they're, you know, on the high line stuff that we work on, but we're not seeing any real funny business on the dealer side. Um, par for the course for us. Okay. So without getting political, um, uh, the the protests and stuff, <clears throat> Seth. I know that the protests are very strong where you're at in 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 Minnesota. Um, have they affected your business? Have they affected your property or your customers being able to get to you? They affected for a couple of days. It was hard to get to us, and nobody really wanted to leave their house, especially if they had to go through across the city to get to us. Um, the my shop that's in my lower income area, my general or my not my general, but my original shop is a generally lower income area. That seemed less affected. People were coming out. Um, my new location that's in a much higher end demographic, those people were not leaving their houses. Okay. They just yeah. walled themselves up during that and everybody canceled appointments. Okay. And and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a follow-up question. Uh, I'm gonna talk to Ben. Ben's actually on my left, so if I'm pointing I'm, I'm hope I'm pointing at him. Yeah, um, Seth. Um, before I go there, uh, does did so obviously there was some dip in your business. Um, when did that change, or has that changed? That's probably changed the last week or so. Um, we're you know now I got too much work. I don't have enough tech. Well, I, I just hired another tech, but um, I just I we gotta get the work out. It's all sold. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, you got a good team and a good reputation, and you guys know what you're up to. Um, uh, ben, has the has the protest affected your business? No, we. I mean, there was like a small protest of maybe thirty people, you know, at the biggest city around us, so it had no effect on us. Okay, was there a point in your business where you did see a pretty substantial drop as a result of the protest or the COVID? Uh, whatever. 
Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. March. Yeah. We're down 40 grand, you know, from where we were the year before. Okay. And, and now where are you at now? So April, we beat last year's April, May, we beat last year's May. Um, we beat June so far as well for last year. So that's what it seems like I've seen a lot of shops doing. Like we had that dip and then all of a sudden they're having record months. Yeah. They are. Um, I have a lot of shops that are beating their best months right now. So I think um, it might just be that people held off and on the previous, you know, March and then, uh, and then now they're just going to do the work. So that kind of trickled into the, into the following months though. So. I think it's an interesting there's some interesting data that I haven't been able to make complete sense of yet. Go ahead, Ben. Yeah, I think we, you know, talking to other shops, I think we've all seen a general average RO that went way up, you know, a couple hundred dollars up for whatever reason, you know, again, people just seem to want to take care of all the problems and, and maybe it's a stability thing. Maybe they just want their car to be reliable and have it out of their mind, uh, you know, but we've seen a big it's increase probably, on that. It, it's probably going to taper off. That's what I think is, yeah. is likely to happen. It's going to taper off. So we're going to have these these several record months just I don't, because they've had the dip and then it'll taper off. I don't I don't agree with that. Um, and here's why I don't think it's going to taper off. We're going to lose um, some percentage of shops. They're gone. They're already gone. Uh, you know, you drive by buildings here in, in Utah where we were not hugely affected. And there's a bunch of properties that are for sale or lease because the business that was there is gone. They're just gone. Um, and I think that those customers are going to come our way. Uh, so where we, we, we normally might see a drop off, uh, I think we're not going to because I think we're going to get those other customers in. And that is assuming we're, we're doing good marketing, right? We're, that we're consistent, that we're working with our social media and our SEO and doing the right things. What do you, what do you think about that, Seth? I, I think I don't think it's going to slow down. I think the numbers I've seen and just our personal experience with Uber, but the numbers, I, the statistics I've seen, people don't trust Uber and Lyft right now. And ride, as rideshare miles go down, also the public transportation ridership has gone way down. All that means, but the miles driven have gone up. So all that means it's just pushing most of people into their own personal transportation where they feel safer with the virus and everything going on, they feel safer in their own personal vehicle. So I think you're seeing personal vehicle ownership and personal vehicle miles going up, as well as most people said they are not foregoing their summer vacation, but they are driving rather than flying. So I think you're going to see miles go up and I think you're going to see an increase for a couple months for sure. And, I, and then I'm not sure it's going to go away because I think, that there are these up the shops that were completely not prepared that that let's say it's somebody my age and I own a shop and I'm just kind of tired of the whole business anyway and I've been struggling to make a living and all of a sudden along comes COVID it's a great time to say screw it it's a reason to just close it up and retire and walk away um, uh, I don't know the data because I haven't seen any clean data that I feel like I could trust but I believe we're going to see somewhere between about a 12 and a 20 percent uh, uh, decrease in shops that, that are here. And I think those customers have to go somewhere else. Um, uh, Seth, are you doing anything to capture those other clients besides I mean, your billboards? 
the same thing we're always doing. I mean, we do some mailers. Mailers aren't a big chunk, but we've increased our SEO budget or our um, AdWords budget. We've definitely increased some of what we're spending there. Um, some different social media stuff, like I said, some more of the funny stuff. Some of that. I mean, you saw the Joe Exotic video. That thing yeah. went nuts. I mean, just some weird, just some weird quirky things that seem to be driving people to look for something different. They're seeming to want more personality, um, capitalizing a lot on the small business aspect. People are really wanting to support small business right now, and and you play to those strengths. Yeah, I think I think the local guy is it's important right now. Uh, Ben, are you doing anything uh, additionally or differently to capture those those people that are out there floating? The only thing we really did differently, like I said, was bump up our uh, SEO budget, but we changed how we did our Facebook posts. And we, I think much like Seth was saying, we've seen a big uptake on that. Um, you know, instead of just like a can break job thing, you know, actually having like a personal post, something about somebody in the shop, a face, a joke, a little live video, what have you. Uh, those things certainly have legs and they seem to attract people. And oddly enough, I mean, actually generate real work, you know, people messaging on Facebook, making an appointment coming in as a result of a post, um, which is shocking to me, but it's out there, it's happening. So I'm not shocked by it, frankly. I think that the more they see you, the more they know you, the more they're willing to, to come in. And I think if it's, it's more personal, the funny stuff, the, the different stuff that they're going to pay attention. I think, that goes to something. I don't know if you were online at the time, Seth, but but Ben said, um, what did you say? You said something like, there's so much noise out there now yeah. uh, on SEO, on social media. How do you stand out? Um, I think Seth kind of answered that a little bit. Um, Seth is standing out by wearing a bunny suit. Um, you know, the, the Joe, uh, the Joe video, the, the, the filter, does that make me look better? Right. You know, um, your, your community and your network <coughs> is so much more <coughs> important now than ever. Cause that's what really cuts through the noise is they know you on a personal level. They feel like they're friends with you. They feel like, uh, there is a relationship there. Yeah. And then we do the, I mean, the, the birthday drive-bys, those have finally died off with people being able to get together, but man, we are doing a ton of those birthday drive-bys. Um, really? Oh man, those things were huge with all the fun cars and birthday drive-bys and a couple of them made the local news. Um, you know, some of that stuff was, was absolutely huge. Oh, was it, um, where's, I mean, Kevin Eckler's not on this call, but he did that, uh, food drive thing that was tremendous, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, and Kevin's probably listening, but I mean, that was a tremendous thing for him. Big. Yeah. Big for him. Um, Okay. Uh, let's look, let's look forward a year from now. Um, what's, what's different in your shop? We'll start with Ben. What's different. I mean, I think for us, what's different is the the whole procedure of the client's expectation when they come to our, our shop, um, and making sure that sticks from a business standpoint. I think that, you know, having more money in the bank and being ready to make tough decisions quicker is, what's going to keep all of us going next year, year after, so on and so forth, ready to deal with those punches. Okay. Um, Seth, what's, what's different in your business a year from now? 
Um, I, I think we're going to continue the pick up and drop off. Um, I think we're going to continue the more transparency with inspections and communication. I think, you know, the fact that we talk to customers when they drop off and now we're not, um, but most of our interactions isn't actually with the customer in front of us anymore. So I think it's taught us even that initial interaction can be more digital. I think we're going to see more, more of that happening. Um, a lot of companies are saying work from home is going to be more and more part of their business. So I think if they're stuck in the, at home all day that we can do more pickup and drop off and less loaners. Um, I think that'll be a big part. And I think there'll be some growth with some shops going under that you can pick up some other locations if that's what you want to do. Uh, but other than that, you know, obviously, like you said, some money in the bank to weather this outbreak again, because there are some parts in the world that are shutting down a second time. So I don't think if we shut down a second time, they're going to bail us out again. Stop wasting your time trying to find a magic bullet. There isn't one. However, our Keys to Automotive Business Success teaches the foundations of a successful automotive shop and gets you started on the right path, which is pretty close. You'll learn how to set actionable and achievable goals, understand your financial model, and how to communicate more effectively with your team. This course was designed to jumpstart your results, not waste your time. Take the class today and you'll learn how to start creating the business and life you want. Visit iframe.com to register for the class at only $49 and available to take wherever and whenever you'd like it's what every shop owner needs to kickstart their business into success and i don't i don't think that there's going to be if we shut down a second time for three or four months i think there's going to be a lot of shops that just can't get through it there's no way to do it the first the first one was way too damaging yeah um uh can't briefly what what what's new for for the institute what's it look like a year from now um, I don't know about the Institute necessarily. I mean, we know what we're building. We're trying to build, you know, an all in one community platform for education and resources for the industry as a whole. Um, what I think we're going to find in the industry a year from now is within shops, you're going to find a lot more automation, a lot more digital automation where most of your transactions are kind of done digitally and interactions. Um, I feel like, shop owners should probably look at it services like um, the food delivery services. What are they called? Uh, but kind of emulating Grubhub. that kind of model where, yeah, Grubhub or um, the other one. Anyways, where you're emulating this model of convenience through a cell phone. So, you know, I, I could see a shop benefiting from having kind of an application that you would go in and communicate with your customers that way where they could just have an app on their phone that they kind of schedule talk to you have the pickup and drop off and and servicing of their vehicles um i i'd i'd like to see a lot more of that in a year because that would that would be really nice and um i think with the education aspect of it i think there's going to be a lot of confusion more so then than now with this with this transition like i said you've got this influx of just a massive amount of free content and paid content that is educational, whether that be technical business or otherwise um, from everybody. I mean, there's a lot of companies that never would have never would have done online education that are now forced to do online education to express value, to get customers to come in. And I think that's just going to accelerate within our industry. And we're going to have a lot of bad content flooded into our 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 pool to choose from 
need to become more selective. Of, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like paying attention to what you hear on the on social media. You need to be very careful. Um, there's so much crap. Uh, I have two. I have I have two completely divergent areas that I'd like to cover in the next ten minutes, and and one of them is um, education. Ben, what 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 are you going to look for in educating your your you and your staff and your and your technicians? I think from an education standpoint, you know, if we're doing online education, I want to ensure that whoever's putting out has been around for a while, and I can fall on some references, find out if you're worth your weight, you know, um, because like we were talking about, there's just so much of it out there. How do you determine? what's good, what's not good. And I think the only way to really do that is to find out how long an educator has been doing it, what their methodology is, you know? And then you got to find somebody that you can, that you can not agree with completely, but get along with, right? In a way. You do, and you, you still need somebody to push your buttons a little bit too, you know, to push you to learn, so. And we've got to hold you accountable, um, yeah. which I try to do. Although even my, with my size 14 and a half shoes, I, I don't have enough boot um, for some people. Uh, Seth, what, what are you looking for in, in education moving forward? You're an educator too, so this is probably a really valuable. Yeah, I mean, so right now we're in the process of launching. In fact, it goes live this Saturday and Sunday. We're, we're doing a two-day, four-hour each day um, hands-on live Pico scope where we have three camera feeds set up where guys can watch us do our scope. And, and we sold that class out. We, we tied it to 31, 32 shops max so that we can spend hands-on live time with them. Um, and, and we're trying to convert things to very much digital from some of that standpoint and be a very much live interactive class. Uh, we'll see how well we pull it off. It's the first of its kind because we have three different camera angles and two different instructors talking back and forth and trading things off. And, and we're going to find out how well it goes. Um, we've tested it a bunch. I think we're ready. We've got, you know, three weeks of testing into it, but time will tell. Right. I mean, you can't tell until you go live. So yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll find we're going to find we out Saturday, that. Sunday. This is not a recorded class. This is live. So we're going to find um, out. Let me make a comment, Seth, because this is something we're doing at the Institute. We've changed um, our delivery method. Uh, uh, and so we're no longer filming from the back of the classroom. We're actually filming the instructor multiple cameras and when we're doing live stuff we're recording that so we can put that into the library you know again if it's a great training why not have it in the library so that people that attended can watch it over and over or that someone else can come online and and purchase it right mm -hmm. um so make sure you're recording that buddy because if if you don't want to i'll i'll show up and get it recorded um uh because i think it has real value uh, for the industry moving forward. Right? Yeah, and we actually did that with our hands-on, with our live classes. The last three years, I've flown a film crew into one of my locations. And yeah. our last three years of in-person classes are live on the website, um, broken down in the modules. And we brought a film crew in, and they intercepted my screen. So we've not been preparing for this because nobody can plan what happened. But in some ways, I had a better prepared 
library of information from a technical standpoint than most. Um, but I think we're gonna I think we're gonna augment live in person going forward with some online more online material. We're finding out if Saturday Sunday works best for people or weeknights. Weeknights gets along, but Saturday Sunday gets tough too. We've tested um, and we're still testing uh, daytime. You know, Tuesday, Wednesday, Wednesday, Thursday, middle of the day, and in the evening. Uh, and we have some classes coming up um, that'll that'll te- like we'll teach it Tuesday uh, from you know one to three, and then we'll teach it on Tuesday night from six to to eight. Um, and see how that audience comes in. But we're getting quite a bit of people during the middle of the day. Of course, I'm not teaching technical. I'm teaching management, leadership. Yeah, we seem, to see, we seem to see success at, at about 1 p.m. our time for mo- most of our management stuff. I, I would love to do it during the day. Um, to do technical, though, we're looking at eight but hours you, of training. Um, right. So it's got to be broken in the two days. And I, I'm, or, I, I'm a big believer in training. I'll pull my guys off the floor, but very few shop owners will take their guys off the floor. You might want to think about a four-day training, two hours at a time. Um, yeah. It just thought process. Okay. Um, now I want to go, we, we got about six minutes left. I want to go to the other direction. Um, we have a lot of people out there that, that, that aren't having the same social interaction that they had, you know, four months ago, uh, five months ago. Is there, um, is there a, is there a follow-up for us or a lesson for us in how to help these people have more social interaction? And that social interaction introduces us, our shop, what we do, et cetera. You know, how do we capitalize on that and, and help do two things, make people less lonely and three, make them more aware of, of, of who we are and what we do. Um, I'm going to come to you, Kent, but I'm going to start with uh, uh, Seth. So you're talking in a, you're talking in a year when this blows over now. No, I think now. I mean, I think I, I don't think this is going to change in the long run. I think you're going to see more people working from home. I think you're going to see more people that don't, you know, they're not they're not going to a job and 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 interacting with 50 people all day. Now they're they're sitting at their computer uh, for most most of the day. And frankly, that's a, a different social interaction. And there's more loneliness out there than there's ever been. Sure. Um, well, one of, one of the things that we're playing with and, and we're, we have it scheduled for August is we're partnering with a local brewery and we're doing a drive-in and you drive in and you get a beer delivered to your car. We got the permit from the city to do it where the local brewery is going to have a, a band playing outside. We're going to drive in. You can have the beer brought to your car, which in the, par- in the roped off parking lot permits, everything legal, everything checked. And just allow people to have a little as much interaction as they're comfortable with and promote and sponsor the event. And you get one free beer on us and we're bringing people in and trying to create some events with social distancing um, that have some live in-person interaction. And and we're going to have some giveaways and and some fun things, but we're trying to create some events is what we're doing. Okay. Uh, Ben, have you, have you considered that and, and, and what might you do to, 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 I, I, want, I don't want to say capitalize because it seems like it's such a, to fill the need, to fill the void. Sure. Yeah. So part of it, uh, we've, we've traditionally done a car show with a local brewery, much like Seth. Um, and now we're, we're talking with that brewery. What is it, what does this look like, you know, in October when we usually do it and trying to, trying to adjust for that. 
Um, but I think in the way of trying to have conversations with clients who maybe are stuck at home or working from home, again, having being able to have a two-way conversation via text, it, it seems to stick. You know, people seem to like that. They like to be able to open up a little bit. Um, and it it's it kind of replaced that face to face for us. Um, so, um, okay. And and Kent, what about what about the institute? As far as connectivity, yeah. To to maybe you know help fill the gap from people that aren't getting the kind of right. We're, our smart groups we're not meeting. We're we haven't met. We're we're even with clients. I haven't been able to travel and go see clients. So you're talking, I mean, like we want to have as much interactivity with our digital engagement as possible, not just with us, but with the other people that are engaging in it. So community posting, um, maybe, I don't know. It's stuff, it's stuff kind of like that, but we've got to work off of just digital primarily. But I think, you know, we're, we can't, we can't uh, do a, a drive in with a show and a beer and all that, but. Uh, but we can do um, we can do a meeting uh, where people can get face to face at least online um, with with our groups and and with our clients. I mean, I've been meeting with clients just one after the other all day long uh, online and discussing the business and what do we do and you know et cetera. What I would I would normally do that in person, um, but we've still been having lots of conversations. I think. I think we need to be aware that there is um, a void or, you know, a void of social interaction right now. And I think that people want to have that social interaction and they're trying to fill that void. And that, that, that creates opportunity for the people that are aware of that. Um, uh, last, uh, last thoughts uh, moving forward for the next year or so. Um, ben, what would you tell the guys out there, guys and gals? I think the biggest thing going forward is just be more prepared for the unknown. I mean, that's, that's been my biggest takeaway from all of this. Um, I, I don't think we entered this in a terrible position. We were pretty fortunate, but it could have been a lot worse and you know, it, it could have been a lot better for us too. We, we could have been more prepared. Okay. So. Okay. Seth. I, I would echo Ben. I mean, I just opened the second location and it spent almost all our all our reserves. So I was uh, scrambling a bit, but I mean, we came through it okay because there's always there's always ways around things. Um, but I would echo the same thing: be prepared and be ready because it's going to resurface. And even the surge of business, your average visit still 1.6 times a year for me at least. And so this surge is going to happen, but we're going to hit another flat spot as all these cars that we surged and took care of. There'll be another little flat spot in this curve for shops, I believe. So I, I think just, you know, saving the money you make now because you're busy and don't, don't go to the temptation to spend don't it. Don't spend it. Has, yeah. <laughs> has, has, has working with a consultant prior to all of this helped you through this thing? Yeah. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. Okay. Just, I know there's some people that are like, I don't, I don't know. I don't want to spend money on that. I don't want, but I, I just think that my clients have had record months. I mean, it's not like they're all going broke. In fact, I can't put my finger on one of them. That's, that's gone broke. Um, most of them have done much better. Uh, Kent, last word. Um, I would say try to automate and simplify your systems and processes as possible. 
make sure that you're getting an adequate digital space. And that's not only with Facebook or whatever, but I mean, digital space as in, you know, texting, uh, your website, interactivity in, in any kind of digital manner. And uh, yeah, prepare for the worst, right? Right now you're in, a, in an upswing. If you're one of the shops that's doing well right now, save that money. Don't spend it. Jack, Jack Reacher always said, uh, 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 plan for the worst and hope for the best. So uh, uh, I like that. I may even have that made into a poster I can put up on our walls here. Um, I want to thank everyone for attending and watching this. Uh, certainly, I want to thank uh, Ben and Seth and Kent for their participation. Uh, if you would like to find uh, the podcast, you can find us on Spotify and iTunes under the leading edge. Uh, looks kind of like that thing back there. Um, and uh, if you would like to get some additional resources, online training, uh, you can come to i4abe.com, i4abe.com, uh, go to the login, and uh, we'd be happy to help you. There's a lot of um, uh, free information, courtesy information on there, and there's a lot of uh, really great training that you actually have to pay for. So um, thank you much, and uh, have a great day, guys. Thanks for coming. Thank you. That's it for this one. This episode was brought to you by GearForShops.com and The Institute. To find more episodes or for more information about the services we provide, visit i4abe.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you in the next one.